welcome to Tips from the Server Room. This podcast is designed for all you systems admins, network specialists, or the guys and gals out there in the office who handles it all. Sit back, relax, grab a beverage, and enjoy Tips from the Server Room. Hey everybody, welcome back once again to Tips from the Server Room. This is episode number 111, episode number 111 for August the 13th, 2016. I'm your host, Jack, and I'm going to help guide you into, through, and back out of the world of systems administration, network administrations, and all fields of information technology. This show is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network, if it's tech uh, check it out at techpodcast.com. Actually, I got to get that reacquainted with techpodcast.com because I, ta- I called, I believe it's Ken, and um, told him I was taking a little short sabbatical. So we will get that back up on techpodcast.com uh, and uh, get that back into your uh, pod catchers of all kinds there. Anyway, folks, I first have a little, um, well, no, let me go into this first. If you want to learn to be a, uh, a systems administrator, if you want to learn how to run your servers a little bit better, or you're just not familiar with servers at all, what I want you to do here is I want you to check out my online courses. You can check those out at tipsfromtheserverroom.com. Click on the online class link at the top of the page. You can learn Windows Server 2008 R2, Windows Server 2012 R2, as well as VMware ESXi 5.5. Again, go to tipsfromtheserverroom.com, click on the online class link at the top of the page, get started today, and build your future for tomorrow. If you'd like to comment on these shows, you can do so simply by calling in on our phone line at 724-701-0550. That's 724-701-0550. If you have any questions or ideas for future shows, please email me at jackstechcorner at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and as at Technoman. Now, what did I wanted to go on a little rant about? Well, what I wanted to go on a rant about was, and, and I'm sure a lot of you guys out there use this uh, program uh, every day, probably religiously. It's one of the top, I think it's one of the top tech tools that you can actually get. Uh, and use on a daily basis, and I know I have a ton of information in there. And that tech tool is called Evernote. Now, Evernote, if you're listening to me, please listen to my little rant here. What I want to tell you is Evernote is now strongholding all of the users. What has been free, I mean, there's been a free version for years, and you can use this free version on all of your devices. And, hey, I understand, right? I don't give my online courses away for free, but I never have. But when you give something away for free, such as my YouTube videos, they're free. What would happen if I started to charge for those videos? Well, nobody would come, right? Nobody would watch the videos. They'd be like, heck with those. I'm not going to watch those videos anymore uh, because now I got to pay for that. That's ridiculous. Um, So if you're creating something and you gave it away for free for years and they know people are relying on this program, They know people have it synced up more than two devices. So now they're coming out with, you have to sync this on only two devices. And what's happening is 
if you don't um, agree to that and you want to sync it on three devices or four devices, you have to now pay for it. You have to pay their premium price of, you know, well, they're giving you half off right now, which I think is, is really nice. I do. Um, but then after that half off, it's going to go up to, and I'm trying to click around my screens here, trying to find my mouse. Um, it is going to go up to, I'm looking at redeeming the offer right now. So it's $35 right now. Uh, and then after one year, uh, so you get it one year for $35, which I think that is really, uh, you know, that's a great deal. It is. It's a good deal. Um, but then it's going to go up to $70 after that. And who's to say if they're going to give you a good deal after that? Um, that's for the uh, Evernote Premium. Um, there is also the other version, which um, I'm trying to see. Um, I'm trying to see what it is here. Let me bring up another browser because I got to talk about this because I'm really, really hurt uh, by Evernote doing this. And um, I really want to, you know, try to give you all the information I could possibly give you on this and um, look at the plans here real quick. So. So the premium is $70, but they're giving you to that uh, half off right now, like I said, for $35. Um, the plus version, uh, the plus version is kind of a drilled down version from the premium version. And it is uh, $35 a year. But like I said, the, the free version now, the basic version, uh, is only going to be able to sync across two devices. So... What I worked on today was Mr. Evernote, who I met at a conference, um, you know, like, oh, my goodness. I met these folks. It had to be it had to be 10 years ago. I think I met these folks at a conference and uh, got to know them, got to really enjoy the people uh, that started the company. And um, I really started to, um, you know, get into the program. And I've used it a lot. I've used it, a, you know, a lot, lot. I mean. A whole lot. <laughs> if, if I can stress that enough that most of my notes uh, over my career of, um, you know, of almost, um, well, since I met them over 10 years is in Evernote. And, and I have loved the program. But should I be strongholded into paying $70 a year for something that I got for free? And now you're going to let me hold on two devices. You know, I have it on my desktop, my laptop, my tablet, my phone. You know, and I bring up the web version. I guess the web version you can bring up pretty much anywhere. I don't think they're going to uh, make you not use the web version. As far as I can see, uh, I'm not really sure. Now, the premium version does have a lot of great, great, um, you know, uh, benefits to it, such as being able to, um, you know, uh, forward your emails to Evernote, which is on the Plus program, uh, custom support, customer support via live chat, uh, searchable text in PDFs, searchable text in Office Docs. Uh, you can annotate PDFs, scan and digitize business cards, which I've done in the basic version ever since it's been out, so I don't see any problem there. Present notes in one click. Um, browse the history of your notes. Um, see related notes to content. So it is. It, it's, it's a great program. And if you're going to spend the money, then go ahead and do so. But don't stronghold me. Don't try to tie me down and say, you must buy the premium program or, you you know, you can only use my basic program for so long for two devices. Nah, that's not the case at all because there's another program out there. There's a lot of note-taking programs out there at Sync. If you're, if you're in the Apple ecosystem, uh, you can simply use notes just to open notes up on your phone, on your uh, iPad, on your, um, you know, on your Mac, uh, MacBook uh, laptop. 
and take notes and they'll sync right back across to your desktop and everything's good to go. And it's absolutely free. It comes with the Mac. Another program that I've been playing with today uh, a little bit, and I've played with it before, uh, is called OneNote. And everybody's familiar with OneNote. It's the Microsoft program. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a little bit different uh, getting used to it. But since I've bought the Microsoft package, since I uh, enjoy Office 365 and I use Office 365, um, you know, it's going to work okay. So I can sync everything and, you know, not pay any more money because I already have the Office program. So, yes, did I pay for it? Yes. Uh, do you have to pay for it to get this benefit? Yes, because you need the cloud services. Uh, you know, so you folks out there that hack your software and you believe that hacking software is a great thing, maybe it'll get you to work, but you're not going to be able to use the, the Microsoft backend cloud services to sync all your notes together. And, uh, you know, that's that's the downside of hacking your software. Yeah, you can get hacked software and, and you know, write a resume uh, or do an Excel spreadsheet, but you're not going to get the great benefits of all this. Um, so, and they do have a web client. You know, Office 365 is web-based. Uh, they do have the desktop version. They do have the Mac version. So everything is there to use. So will I be leaving Evernote? I don't know. Uh, I've been looking all day. I've clicked on the upgrade three times, to be honest with you. Uh, I do want to purchase it, um, you know, but I got to look at my overall, you know, you got to worry about your home finances and worry about paying the bills. And now you're going to throw another bill into the, into the mixer every year of, you know, 80 bucks. Uh, do you want to do that? Maybe you do. I don't know. So anyway, we will, well, 70, 70, 70 bucks, 70 bucks, something. Anyway. So that is my rant. I don't mean to go on too much about that. I know you guys are uh, here to listen to uh, server information, but, but is it, it is a great tech tool. Uh, any note-taking program, because you got to take a lot of notes when you're a technologist. Uh, you know, it's very, very uh, big, is, uh, and I'm big into documentation. I want to document what I do, because you're going to have to go back to that sometime, that document, look at that, and understand what you did. And you're going to have to, you know, try to figure out the basis of, um, you know, what happened at one time or another. You're not going to remember everything, folks, so make sure you do documentation and find a program that you're going to like to document in. Evernote was my program, and uh, it, it may, in fact, still be. I may have just ranted for no reason whatsoever. Um, it is a great program, but I don't like companies, uh, you know, trying to wrap their uh, hands around my neck and saying, you must buy my program because we are running out of money. I, I don't, you know, it doesn't matter. There's other ways to make money, uh, promote your software. I don't, I never see you, I never see Evernote on, on a NFL football day. Uh, I never see Evernote, um, you know, during the Super Bowl. I see GoDaddy, um, but I never see Evernote. I never see Evernote on billboards. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways to get your name out there and get your product out there other than uh, trying to uh, strangle the people that that's, fallen in love with your program and used it for years. So, so anyway, we'll leave it go at that. What I wanted to talk to you a little bit about today, um, I've received a ton of emails from you out there. A bunch of folks out there said, uh, look, uh, Jack, are you still doing tips from the server room? We love the show. Uh, we enjoy listening to, you know, what you have to say about servers and different uh, networking aspects. Well, you know, there's been some... Uh, developments in my life. Uh, for those that you emailed me out there, you know those developments. I've talked to you about those. Uh, thank you so much for helping me through that development, and uh, I do appreciate that. But uh, so there's been some downsets. So yes, I did take a short sabbatical from Tips from the Server Room. I am trying to bring it back, and uh, I'm working very diligently uh, to try to bring some shows back to you, and we'll see how that goes to get these things rolling along again. 
I can tell you I am looking for a couple guest hosts uh, for tips from the server room. I think this show would be a lot more, uh, have a lot more dimension to it and have a lot more um, consistency if I can find some guest hosts out there for tips from the server room. And, you know, call that number, 724-701-0550. If you are a technologist, um, you know, if you do like doing podcasting, uh, if you have a microphone, and uh, we'll probably be using Skype uh, to talk back and forth. Uh, I'm sure we'll be using Skype of some sort to uh, do, you know, to do a phone call there uh, to each other. And I will take care of all the recording and that aspect of it. All we need to do is just have some more depth in this show. And I want to have some different opinions other than just mine. So I am definitely looking for uh, some co-hosts. Uh, we'll record one night a week, one evening a week. So we'll have to work the time out if you're in a different time zone. If you're in a different country, as long as you speak English, I don't care. Uh, you know, uh, maybe we can get your opinions. Uh, so I would love to do that. And I think that's very, very important. So in this particular show, we're going to be talking a little bit about SQL. Now, why SQL? And the reason is, is I was just doing some contract work um, for, for a company. And I found that they had a lot of SQL engines. And nobody knew how to manage those, you know. Nobody even knew how to shrink the database. Something as little as shrinking the database uh, to kind of clean it up and make it more consistent. But nobody knew how to do that, but they ran all these databases. Um, hence, that's kind of why they brought me into their mix and said, look, um, you know, they said, look, we want you to uh, sit down. We want you to, uh, you know, look at our SQL databases. We feel that they are running a little sluggish and they need a little work. Well, they needed a lot of work. They needed almost uh, three weeks of work. And uh, uh, to try to get that stuff solved and try to get that stuff all figured out there for them, uh, it took a little bit of time. We did get it all cleaned up. I did get it uh, running very smoothly now, and uh, it's very, very consistent. I did have to add some fields for them. They wanted some uh, stuff added to the database, so I added that to make it a little bit more, uh, um, more specific to their company, their organization, and uh, it's worked out very, very well. So we're looking at SQL. But we're also going to be talking about MySQL. And if you're not familiar with that, don't worry about that. Um, and we want to talk a little bit about uh, what is the clear-cut better SQL engine? Or is there one? You know, is there that SQL engine for every, every particular scenario out there? And you know, maybe there is, maybe there's not. I think that's a personal preference. And let's not forget about Oracle's database. Now, if you remember a while back, Oracle bought MySQL, or Oracle kind of has a MySQL flavor that they give away for free. Um, because MySQL is very much open source, and it stays that way today. But Oracle built their, their proprietary database off of MySQL. They, they built it. So they took a open source program, which you can do this. It's legal, perfectly legal. They took an open source program and they really, really ramped it up, okay? And they made the Oracle database um, to an extent. To an, and I know I'm going to get a lot of emails to Jack. That's not true. Oracle has been around for 100 million years. Uh, MySQL has not. But um, to a point, they took MySQL and they took some of that code into Oracle, okay? It might not be the whole, in fact, in the database itself. So are, are all the database engines out there created equal? Uh, can we get by with only using the free MySQL, or do we need to buy the Microsoft SQL? Well, there's a couple things that you need to um, put into perspective there. 
Uh, I wrote a program not too long ago. Well, maybe five, six years ago now. It might have been eight. I don't know. Uh, I was trying to sell it. It is called um, Techno Data. You may have seen it on the internet. It's T E C H N O Data. And it's an inventory program that I wrote to inventory all forms of uh, technology in your, in your company. It, it inventories the computers, it, inventory, it keeps track of your software licensing, um, it keeps track of all your hardware, it keeps track of all your printers, all that stuff in one really, really nice package. And when I was writing that, originally I wrote it with backend text files because that's what we used to do with Visual Basic 1. Point whatever it was or 2.1 or whatever. And we used to write it with backend text-based files. And my program would read that text-based file back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, it was a little sluggish. I really didn't like it. So I started looking for a database backend engine. And I found MySQL because I knew I didn't want companies to have to spend the money for my program and then buy Microsoft SQL engine. And I felt that the um, SQL Express, which we'll talk about in a second, uh, was just not going to stand up to the test of time. And, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. Um, but anyway, so I decided and I settled on MySQL. And what I found, folks, is when you're writing Visual Basic software, uh, when you're writing Visual Basic code, I did find that the uh, syntax was pretty much pretty close to the same. The syntax was pretty close to being the same on either or. So it worked out really well, well for me uh, because I knew Microsoft's SQL syntax and how to write code to uh, create tables, to uh, add to the tables, to delete from tables and do all that great stuff. So I switched over it and I started using MySQL because as I said, I knew it was a free engine and I knew it was gonna work out very, very well for me. And it has, uh, the programs ran very well on it over the course of the years. And um, have I sold any copies of it? No, nobody's ever bought Technodata. Uh, I think there's some of the other inventory programs out there. I just kind of wrote it for, um, you know, for the company I was with and um, to keep track of those computers because that's what I do. And I'm sure any company I go to now uh, when I'm doing consulting work, I've been putting in their companies so I can track their stuff and get a better feel for that. Because if you're consulting, uh, you need a way to track their inventory and their assets. Because if anybody's gonna come looking for inventory or computer assets, they're gonna look towards you even though you're the consultant for the company. So it's something to think about. Oracle databases, I have not had a lot of experience with. I don't really know Oracle. I just wanted to throw it out there that it is available to you. There's also another one out there called, I think it's called Prescal. Is it Prescal SQL? Uh, I'm not real sure. I'm sure, I'm sure you guys will email me and let me know um, what it is. <laughs> but uh, I didn't even write in the show notes here. So it's just, there's a lot of data engines out there. I think you got to feel comfortable with it. you got to know what it is and be able to use that. But if you use Microsoft SQL you're going to have to, you know, the company's going to have to lay out some money. Now, there has been many, many, many proprietary software packages that we've purchased. Uh, there's been many, many software packages out there, uh, proprietary software packages. I work for a lot of doctor's offices that the doctor's offices use for medical billing. And those are SQL specific. It has to be an SQL backend. The reason they did that, and I talked to some of the developers uh, of the packages, is because they feel... MySQL being open source is not secure enough to secure the medical data. Kind of makes sense, and I understand where they're coming from. So, you know, be that what it is, they used Microsoft SQL Engine. They expect you to buy it, and they figure doctors have more money than God, 
and they can afford that. That is not actually true, but they do believe that. Uh, like I said, <laughs> I work for a lot of doctor's offices, and we, we have a lot of discussions around the hardware, software, uh, networking equipment, you know, uh, even wireless gear. You know, the doctors want you to run out to Walmart and buy your, you know, buy a Linksys and throw it up in their ceiling, and you're like, nah, that's probably not the best thing to do. Uh, but, you know, so they want to save money because they don't make as much money as people try to give them credit for. Uh, enough to live on, enough to live a decent life, but uh, I, I just wanted to throw that out there. So if you're working for doctor's offices, don't try to stronghold them either and say, look, you can afford all this money because maybe you just might not get the job, okay? All right, so we talked about the free version of MySQL. Um, you know, it is open source. Uh, it depends, like I said, on the vendors. Uh, I've used uh, the MySQL uh, backend because it's free and it's worked very, very well for my software. So why would you use Microsoft SQL? I think we pretty much covered all of that in, in a nutshell. Uh, you know, it's pretty much vendor-driven. If the vendor writes the software for uh, Microsoft SQL, then you're going to have to use Microsoft SQL. There was a vendor that came in once that I worked with uh, for scanning, um, doing a document scanning and scanning that documents into a into a database back end and i and when they called and went when the per, the software was purchased i asked them i said well do we need microsoft uh, sql back end you know microsoft sql server or can we use mysql and the guy said really uh, our software doesn't care what you use uh, it's written to create the tables and everything with both syntax they just tell it what database engine you have and it will create that so that was a very forward thinking company and I think it was a very good uh, buy for the money to spend the money uh, for that company because, I, you know, they are very, very forward-thinking. And I think that's very, very important. Let me tell you just a little bit background. Um, I'm going to try to bring this up as I'm talking to you here. And sometimes that's harder to do than, um, you know, you can, uh, let's see. Uh, we're going to talk about SQL Express. SQL Express limitations. Look, at uh, Google already knew what I wanted. Uh, because SQL Express is, uh, you know, a free version. So there's a free version of SQL Express. And I'm going to look here for a second just for the limitations of why I didn't particularly like it for my package. And I didn't think it was going to work out work out very, very well for, uh, for my particular environment uh, of the program I was writing. And let me see here. Um, let's see. Limitations. There we go. So some of the limitations that you're going to run up against uh, with the using the Microsoft SQL uh, Server Express, which is free, uh, there's a number of, what does what that say? Is there any limit of number of databases you can install? Uh, are there any limitations I should worry about? I'm trying to find the limitations here. I hate search engines. Okay, so here's some of the limitations. is um, it's, it's constrained to a single CPU. Okay, so you can't really do, um, you know, you can't really push this across two or three CPUs and expect it to work for you because it's limited to one CPU. So that's going to uh, constrain that database a little bit if you have many, many, many users. It uses one gig of RAM, and it says it's same in 2008 all the way through 2016. Uh, and the database size limitation... Um, it used to be a four gigabit, four gigabit database size, but they raised it to 10 gigabits in SQL 2008 and uh, SQL 2012 per database. 
So now that database can kind of expand to 10 gigabits. And that was one of the limitations I was looking at was I didn't want to constrain my database. If you're adding computers and you're on a very, very large network, uh, my techno data, my inventory program, I didn't want to get to that point where it constrains you so much that um, you're not going to be able to expand that database as you buy new computers. And that's why I went with MySQL because it doesn't have these limitations in it. Uh, I'm just trying to read down through here anymore to see if there's any other um, any other restraints. And I know there are, and I know you guys are going to email me and say, Jack, you should have been more prepared. Uh, you had all these constraints. But um, I just wanted to bring this up. And, and, you know, when you're doing a podcast, you start thinking about stuff as you're recording, and, and you start bringing up some uh, ideas and, you know, stuff like that. So here you go. Let's see here. The Express Edition Okay, excuse me there. Let me write that down. 2503. So the Express Edition has a maximum memory utilization by SQL Server Database Engine is 1 gigabit. The maximum size of each relational database is 10 gigabits. There is no SQL profiler. Dedicated admin connection under the trace flag. Single CPU. Prior to 2008, R2 Express was a single CPU. The maximum number of SQL Server Express instances, which is really weird, is 16 on a machine. So you can have 16 SQL Server Express engines running on one machine. Good luck with that. Um, and that is the maximum amount you can run on one machine. So that is some of the stuff that you're going to run into, the limitations uh, with the SQL Express. I'm not saying it's not great. I've used it in the past. Uh, it may work very, very well for a small office program that you may be working on or writing uh, or a small office database that you might uh, utilize, you know, for five or six workers maybe. That might be the ticket. You don't have to pay anything for it. So it's really, really worth it. So hopefully that will help you out a little bit in your decisions. Folks, don't forget that uh, those classes are available. I think that is your first step. With anything, I've had a lot of people email me and ask me about the classes and say, look, Jack, uh, is it going to help me get that promotion? And I said, absolutely. Uh, one gentleman took the Server 2012 R2 course, and um, it took him about three weeks to complete it. And once he completed that course, I sent him a certificate, and he emailed me and said, thank you so much. He got a promotion, and now he's making, I think he said he was making $20,000 more a year than what he was making doing uh, phone support for the company because now he went into their server administration group. And, and I think that's very positive. So, so those classes are available to you out there. Don't forget those. Uh, if you go to tipsfromtheserverroom.com, click on the online class link at the top of the page, and you will be good to go with those courses. Please remember my Amazon link. A lot of you don't use it, and I know there's a lot of podcasters out there that say use my Amazon link. You know, spread the love. You know, when, you, when you're buying anything, use mine for a while. You know, you can use uh, some of the other ones out there uh, if you're buying something else. If you're buying the big ticket items, I would say use mine. Uh, if you're buying the small ticket items, I would say use their. I'm just joking. It doesn't really matter, folks. Uh, it all helps the shows out. Uh, it helps to purchase the equipment I need, which I'm going to be needing new equipment for this show uh, coming up here very, very soon. I got some plans, and um, we're trying to get that wrapped together. Uh, so it does help to support the show. Go to tipsfromtheserverroom.com, make sure that ad blocker is deactivated, and use my Amazon link. Take care, everyone, and I will be bringing you more shows, and if you have ideas for shows, please get those in to me. Uh, email me at, jacks, uh, at 
I'm sorry, not Jax. I'm sorry. Email me at tips from the server room. Or no, email me at jaxtechcorner at gmail.com. It's been a while. What can I say? All right, folks. Thanks, everybody. Take care, and I'll talk to you next time on Tips from the Server Room. You just listened to Tips from the Server Room with your host, Jack. If you have any questions, please drop me a comment at tipsfromtheserverroom.com. Thanks again for tuning in and downloading the shows. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the remainder of the music. We'll see you next week on Tips from the Server Room. So long.